What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. And begin. Oh, hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Gravity, the one and only Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we always start right on time. I'm That's joined by Christy Penley. I'm here. And Ben Stern. <laughs> yes, I'm here as well. Um, so, so yeah. real quick, just housekeeping item. I had hot dogs for breakfast. Are you and, for real? Yep. <laughs> oh my word. I, and I'm, I'm... I don't even have hot dogs for lunch. I'm equal, well... I'm totally judging explain. you. It's okay. Only Kanye can judge me. But I think that having hot dogs for breakfast once in a while mm. is okay. I'd like to normalize. Okay. Okay. I'd like to normalize eating things for breakfast that maybe you feel a little guilt or shame about. Look, we'll mm. eat donuts for breakfast, but a man <laughs> decides to have a hot dog, and people are apoplectic. They're losing they're, their minds. They're about judging. It. My my father in law is a big proponent of this because uh, he when whenever it's his birthday or there's a celebration, he loves to have cake for breakfast. He's like, I think oh, I'll have a piece boy. of cake for breakfast, wow. and everybody teases him about it. And he's like, You guys eat donuts? Yeah. He's like, This it's a piece of cake. You have a muffin. Like, there's about as much sugar in this piece of cake as there is in a muffin <laughs> or a donut, yeah. or in that coffee cake that's covered with all that cinnamon sugar. Ben, and making me hungry. Nobody nobody has anything. <laughs> There's no retort to that. You're like, you know what? You're exactly right, sir. Well, anyway. I just, there's not much to eat here at the house. And I was hungry and I didn't, I didn't want to jump on the podcast hungry because, uh, you know, nobody likes me when I'm hungry. And uh, it was, the, I opened hangry. the fridge. Yeah, a little bit. I get a little hangry. I get a little uh, more sarcastic and cynical. And I start <laughs> making jokes at people's expense. Ben's seen this part of me and it's just not, it's not pleasant. And without, uh, the, the hot dogs uh, were looking at me. You know, uh -huh. they're on the shelf. Looking I, at I, you. They were looking at me. Now, they were you, like, hey, remember when I grilled like you? Remember when I okay. grilled you? So you, these are pre, these these have been grilled already, which- I grilled these you're just, last weekend. You just you're just heating them? them up, right? You're not- Okay, so- Did you reheat them? So that, you, I think this is important. Cold? Right, right. A cold hot dog What do you think I am, a sad, barbarian? A sad, objectively sad. We but if don't you heat know. Them up, <laughs> listen, this is what I did. I got a little frying pan out. Okay. And I cut them with food scissors into little medallions and fried oh. those puppies up. That's kind of gourmet. Like sausage. Like that sausage. And positively gourmet. Drained, drained the uh, 18 ounces of grease <laughs> off the pan and put a little um, spicy mustard and sweet Vidalia onions on top of it. Looked, it actually looked like something you get in like a nice restaurant, you know? Yeah. The presentation was a B plus at least. Okay. And uh, then I and then I ate them with my little spicy mustard and sweet Vidalia onions. And it was pleasant. Mm. Okay. Did you use uh, one of those little uh, hors d'oeuvre forks? 
Oh, I wish I would have had one. <laughs> it would have been wouldn't so that good. have been great? That it would have just finished the ensemble. <laughs> yeah. Listen, well, I'm going to make one right, correction, Ben. It's fine. There yeah. is no such thing as a gourmet hot dog. Like, oh, Matt the, no, tried. Oh, fork. No, no. no well, I said I'm an hors d'oeuvre sure fork, listener, but well, no, I did like, say it was gourmet, didn't I? Gourmet yes. hot dog. There, that's an oxymoron. No, I but think that's you did your best true. to make it like an appetizer. And I bet like nice I'm, restaurants might try that had, in 2024. So if you've ever had like andouille sausage in like a nice risotto, sure. that's gourmet. That's a hot dog. That's a mm. gourmet hot dog. <laughs> basically. See? Right? Oh, man. Validated once again. You know, Brussels sprouts were the thing and then radishes were the thing. Maybe oh. next year it's going to be... Hot dogs. hot dogs. Well, yeah. these weren't just any hot dogs, by the way. We're going to get to a podcast, uh, listener. But <laughs> we, we uh, but we these were, were the this. these were the quarter pound hot dogs from Costco, <laughs> the big, fat, juicy wieners. You know that you just oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Frankfurters that yeah. are delicious. They're really good. They're really tasty. Yeah. All beef, yeah. and uh, yeah, there's no shame in my game. So what we're talking about today, though, has less to do with hot dogs and more to do with parenting. Yep. It's true. There was no way, there was no good way to segue that. So that, no. that was good. It was just a contrast, pure contrast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've, we released a podcast, Seven Pitfalls of Parenting, um, a couple weeks ago. And as we recorded that, and then in the aftermath of it, uh, some of the... <laughs> it sounds like something terrible happened after we recorded <laughs> the... <laughs> It was chaos. All these parents falling falling into pits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we just were thinking, what would be a way of contrasting, uh, much like I did uh, hot dogs with parenting, contrasting pitfalls uh, with a positive uh, things that we're experimenting with or practicing. Um, And so we are calling these eight parenting pro tips. We, we, we uh, We thought it'd be fun to have one more pro tip than we had pitfall. Uh, just, just cause we're positive around here. We're just, we're in case you need something extra the, to get you out of that pit. Yeah. On the up and up. <laughs> oh man. Um, so we're going to try to name these, uh, quickly, um, and work through them. I'll, I'll name the first four. Chrissy, you can name the second and then we'll chat about them. All right. Here's a parenting pro tip. Uh, number one, uh, it's get to get clear on, uh, <laughs> to get clear on the ways that you were not parented well mm-hmm. so that you don't take that out on your kids. Yeah. Um, here's the sad truth about me. <laughs> get your Kleenex ready, listener. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I have hot dogs for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> is that it? No. That is not sad. That <laughs> <Okay>. was so <laughs> good. You know, I'm going to see Ben later for a, me- uh, for a meeting this afternoon. I might be burping a hot dog, and then, and then Ooh, it'll be a different I'm story. I'm a long ways away from you. Um, so Eric Minton, we've talked about him before, uh, and we've had him on the podcast, but he's got this book um, called It's Not You, It's Everything. And he practices, he's a therapist, he practices what's called restoration therapy. And restoration therapy is essentially doing this work, seeing how we, what was lacking in our, uh, our own experience of our own parents, and then learning how to receive that so we don't uh, take it out on our kids. He calls that destructive entitlement. Let me just say a bit about this, and I'd love to hear you guys interact with it. So he, he uh, restoration therapy... Um, and I learned this from Eric again, it it claims that kids are meant to receive love and trustworthiness from their parents. 
Um, but destructive entitlement is when the flow of trustworthiness and love is reversed. So instead of parents giving that to their kids, they demand it from them, right? This is where we demand from our kid what we didn't get from our own parents. Oh man, I'm getting like the chills here. Uh, so the, so the, the pro tip here is to get clear on this destructive entitlement in our own lives so we don't reverse the parenting kid flow with our kids and we don't demand that our kids meet our needs and we're free to meet theirs, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's the first pro tip. Learn how you were jacked up as a kid. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's really important because if we are somehow getting something from our kids, ew, it's just so gross, you guys. And like, I know we've all done it, yes. but that is why I go to counseling, right? That is why I'm going after my junk so that mm -hmm. the patterns, the, the, the junk in my life isn't passed on. Like I want to pass on the good and mm -hmm. I want to pass on less of the bad. And yeah. so, yeah, I totally agree with this one. It's important. Yeah. yeah. And now a word from a sponsor. The Gravity Podcast is sponsored by the Gravity Formation Course, our 12-month cohort-based training in practical spiritual formation, where you'll learn how to notice how God is already at work in your life so you can participate more fully in the life that God shares with us. It is a discipleship process that goes beyond just gaining more knowledge and trying out some new practices. In the Gravity Formation Course, we go below the surface of our lives so that we can notice and name our deepest desires in God's presence and to discern how God is at work in those desires to lead us toward holistic flourishing, more transformation, more life, more joy, more love. We've trained hundreds of people from all over the world in this formation framework, and it's helped many people to have a sense of God at work in their lives and learn to be more at home in God's love. If you'd like to learn more, go to gravitycommons.com formation. All right, let's get back into our conversation. It was a big paradigm shift for me um, when I realized that like the first, anytime I'm in a frustrating interaction with my kid, it's something that where I sort of feel myself losing myself and losing my ability to sort of stay present and yes. creatively think th about solutions. Anytime that that is happening, um, it, is, it is not the kid's fault. It is not a problem that the like it's my problem. Like I have to actually do something different here um, because I'm the parent, right? This is, this is another way that power shows up in. Um, and one of the reasons it's wrong to try to get something out of your relationship with your kid like that is that they don't have the power you do. And so you are then responsible to, you know, deal with your stuff and, yeah. and reap. And oftentimes that is reparenting yourself, learning to give, give yourself or receive from God, if you want to think about it that way, what you did not get, or even as a, a, as a child, or even a therapist. Like sometimes we pay therapists to reparent us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and and I'm not even besmirching that. I mean, I think that's actually good yeah. work that's because true. we actually Absolutely. need that. And unless we take responsibility for ourselves and and own what we need yeah. and seek it in ways that are healthy with good boundaries. Um, we can't, we won't, we'll unfortunately be unable to not uh, take that on our kids. Yep. Yeah. Actually, right. on Mother's Day, I texted my therapist and I oh. said, thank you for mothering my heart. Oh, man. And it was because like, she's not my mom, 
but she no. has mothered and nurtured me yeah. in ways that I needed. So yeah, that's so I say, good. Go Christy. after it. Mm-hmm. That's great. All right. The second is this. Um, the pro tip is as kids get older, empower them to contribute to the consequences they'll experience for their poor behavior. Um, Chrissy, you talked about uh, natural consequences for behavior, right? So that, yeah. um, you know, if you uh, refuse to eat what's for dinner, then right. you don't get a snack later. Right. right. Like that kind right. of thing, rather than yeah. like a spanking or right. you have to go sit in the backyard for three hours, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, what I've noticed is um, the consequences I have for a three-year-old aren't the same as they are for a 13-year-old. Right. So I was talking to my son a few months ago about some of the behavior changes I see in him when he spends a lot of time on his screens. And I've tried to find common ground to things he could acknowledge. And and it was really just pointing out to him like when he wasn't on a screen and he was alive and joyful and curious mm. and engaging with people. And in that moment, I was like, this is who you are, man. Yeah. But this isn't who I get to relate to when you're on a screen for hours. And he was like, yeah, I, yeah. He, he could like mm-hmm. see this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a pro tip for later, but naming good in our kids is really important if we want to talk about the thing that we don't, we don't see as good. Um, so anyway, mm-hmm. in that moment, I was like, well, what do we do about this? So like for me, it's like in my body to just power up to make like tons of rules about screens that my son Deacon has no input on and then he resents them, right. you know, and he's looking for a way to circumvent them. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what do we do about this? He's like, well, maybe maybe we could limit my time on TikTok to an hour, you know? And I was like, yeah, let's do that. And so he like, he came up with an idea that was for his good, you know? I, I probably wanted 30 minutes, but I went with an hour. And, and then we set that up. And mm-hmm. he's, there's been no... Uh, arguing about that. And there's yeah. been, uh, it's just been something he's like, I made this decision for my good. Yeah. And as a dad, I was able to affirm it. Yeah. So that's an example of that. How do you guys, um, do you see this happening? How do you, how do you, I mean, Chrissy, you have kids uh, from newborn to 33. So like, how do you deal with, <laughs> how do you deal with this? I think kids are in their fifties now. Actually. <laughs> how do you deal with this uh, pro tip? Yeah. Well, I think it's important to just know as parents, we have a tendency to either want to remove consequences or do something for our kid that they actually need to do uh, Mm -hmm. when there's something going on. So in your, in your, you know, case with Deacon, it's so good that you didn't say he didn't have a consequence and you didn't just give it to him and just say, you're off, you know, whatever screens for the next 42 days you know, he was able to participate in that. And I think that that's really helpful to have a conversation. Now it doesn't always work, right? Sometimes kids would be like, I can be on it for 17 Uh hours. And like, they're not act, their hearts aren't actually there. And that's Mm -hmm. where we have to kind of step in and be it maybe a bit more directive. Um, Yeah. And that, in that conversation, if I can just say, Chrissy, if he had been like, uh, if he had said something like that, I would just put, I, I don't have confidence that that's going to produce the kind of um, no. conditions that you and I are both saying we like. Right. Uh-huh. So I I don't think that'll work for the thing that you've agreed you want yeah. to. Yeah. 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 I think the only other thing I would say is I think in, in parenting, we have these different roles 
I mean, there are times where maybe even when they're more when they're younger, we're a little bit more directive because they can't have that conversation. Yes. There are also times when we have to be the encourager. Like maybe Deacon says, yeah, I want to do an hour. And then the next day he does three and he fails at that. And you've got to kind of come alongside and actually encourage him. Um, In this case, you got to collaborate with him and for him to be a part of that. Right. But then I think the fourth way is we champion our kids, even Mm -hmm. in their discipline, even Mm -hmm. in their consequences. Mm -hmm. We speak life into them of, man, I'm so proud. You've really only been on TikTok, TikTok one hour, you know, for the last week. And have you seen and like champion him in that? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think. I think it's really important and this takes some wisdom, right? Because age appropriate, like this, as you mentioned, Matt, as your kids get older, let them contribute uh, to some of these things. And I think um, the other thing that I heard in that, that I think is important um, to focus on is just the fact that like, it's not just about being on TikTok or watching screens, you know, and it's like, you do this too much. And what are the consequences if you do it too much? But you, you actually said, here's why being on screens too much is a bad idea. It, you you focused on his heart. You focused on the person he's becoming. Yeah. Right. There's and we'll get to this in another pro tip here. But I think that's an important aspect of this that we we have to like as parents we have to think well actually what what is the big deal about being on screens? Why am I focused on that? Maybe there's a good reason, but you have to actually know what that reason is and talk to your kid about that as the reason that yeah. screens you know are uh, you know what they're. Um, like a problem, you know, yeah. like that, there has to be a reason that screens are a problem. Um, yeah. Cause you know, I've got kids who are, you know, mainly making their own decisions about all this stuff now cause they're older. And that, I mean, that's, that's part of the wisdom of doing this is that eventually they're going to have to manage right. their own time on TikTok. Yep. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it was actually funny that my daughter, who's a freshman and she just graduated her, or she, she just finished her freshman year of college. She's home for the summer now. And she, um, <laughs> we were at dinner, um, after dinner the other night, she uh, is trying to show me something really quick on TikTok. She's like, dad, look at this thing on quick to- TikTok. I need you to look at it right now because my phone is about to tell me that I've spent too much time on TikTok. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I was, like, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll watch that uh, with you. But I was also like proud of her. I'm like, yeah, she's taking responsibility for this. She knows yes. she doesn't want to do this with her whole life. And she wants to cultivate a different kind of, you yeah. know life. And so anyway, I think it's important. So, yep. All right. Collaborative consequences as their kids get older. Number three, normalize being wrong and sharing your badness with your kids. Um, it's so humbling every time I have to confess wrong to my children and ask for their forgiveness. It's just so humbling. Like I hate it. I mean, I'm so committed to it. And every time it happens, I feel like, not only I feel guilt, I just feel guilt and shame. Hmm. The normal guilt for doing something wrong and then the shame for being, you know, a craptastic parent. Um, and and I have to stare in the face of my kids whom I've failed, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. but <clears throat> um, every time I'm able to drag myself by the grace of God into that space, uh, I am I am communicating to my kids that I'm teachable, that I'm willing to learn and yield, that I trust you with parts of me that I don't like, and that creates 
an environment or a relational space where they are more likely to share their badness with me. Yeah. So really like when I think about my kids at 18, um, like like, the top five thing I hope for them is that there's never a thing in their life. They don't think they can trust me with because they know they're going to receive love, whatever it is, they're going to receive care and love and support and, 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 and um, challenge even, mm-hmm. and that they learn to want that rather than like keeping things from me or hiding things from me. And I'm th- so this confessing of sin is not only like uh, being a Christian, <laughs> but it's also creating a culture where uh, badness doesn't control our relationship. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend um, uh, tell me, or they, they posted something online that I saw. Um, this friend's, she's in her 30s, and um, she posted this thing that was basically like a text message from her mom. Um, and she said, this is the first time in my life that my mom has ever apologized to me. Hmm. And I mean, she posted it as something that she was like, wow. People can change <laughs> um, and uh, kind of received it as a, you know, as a blessing. Um, and then I was, I was telling another friend about this and this, uh, this other friend was like, oh, wow, I don't think my parents have ever apologized to me. And it can be, I don't, I don't know, it's just, it, it's great to normalize this um, because that is unfortunately the experience that all too many of us have had, that our parents have never apologized to us, which either means they parented us perfectly and have nothing to apologize for, or... Right, that the the shame of needing to apologize has um, thwarted their ability to be honest and and to let us see that. So, which kind of goes back to your number one, Matt. Right, that we go after our junk, and I think the more yeah. we realize that, then the more we feel comfortable being able to admit that, and then are able to practice that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't easy, and and I think that again, age appropriate ways. So I'm confessing differently to a four-year-old than I am a 14-year-old, but Mm -hmm. um, normalizing that kind of conversation. Number four, and by the way, pro tips, um, we're not pros here. (laughs) There's no pro really, (laughs) but pro tip just feel like a good counterbalance to pitfall. Um, and it, it, it starts with P. So it's, it is alliterated. It's, mm -hmm. you know, conveniently alliterated, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think we were, we were, uh, uh, contemplating before we hit record on the podcast, that maybe the only professional parent, I mean, parenting isn't actually a profession in the sense, you know, that we mm-hmm. normally think of it, except if you're a nanny. Mary Poppins. I was going to say Mary, Mary Poppins Pop- yeah, is yeah. a professional she, parent. Nannies are professional parents. She comes so. and goes with, with storms. She can't, yeah. You can't rely on her. And she does all that magic, which if you're a Christian, you should really uh, be careful. <laughs> careful with that What's magic. This Harry Potter, Harry Potter magic? Is that what? No. C.S. Lewis, the I wonder Narnia why magic. It's okay. Harry Potter got canceled, but Mary Poppins didn't. That is interesting. Or Narnia. Because nope. everyone likes spoonful of sugar. That's why. Mm. They want the sugar. You know, I was thinking about, <clears throat> we'll get back to this pro tips in a second. I was thinking about <laughs> uh, Mary Poppins and Sound of Music, these two big 1960s uh, musicals that Julie Andrews starred in that I grew yeah. up in the 80s. And like I watch these shows, I don't know, once a month. But they're both, they're both, TV, uh, children's TV shows, I'm sorry, children's movies 
that tell a story about a woman who really queers up male authoritarian power systems. So the so 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 in sound of music you have this nun who messes with the Roman Catholic Church understanding of what a nun should be and comes into this military family and makes kids like hippies <laughs> basically right <laughs> and then in in Mary Poppins you've got the same thing you got a banker who's all mm -hmm. about money and rigidity and you have Mary Poppins come in and and she she, she helps the dad kind of get more loosey goosey and care about his kids yeah. and fly a kite with his son. And, and this is what's happening in the 1960s. Like there's these old yeah. institutions, rigid institutions that are crumbling and breaking down. And so in a way, Mary Poppins and Sound of Music is communicating to parents and kids, hey, it's, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. It's going to mm -hmm. be okay. All this anxiety you feel about hippies and their genes, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Pro tip might even, might even turn out well. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I was just thinking about that as because my daughter's in Mary Poppins and she has her first show tomorrow night. No, tonight. Dang. Tonight. Tonight. Yeah, Ooh, she's so fun. She's Michael Banks. Woohoo! Yeah, that's great. Um, one more anecdote about that. I get a okay. Well, okay, okay. I'll put it in this pro tip. So number four: delight in the diversity of your kids and learn to name it as good news for them. Um, so my daughter is a creative high energy, she's Enneagram seven, like fun, socially really smart in terms of how she navigates relationships and stuff like that. And <clears throat> she's not like a, I'm gonna sit on my daddy's lap and tell him how much I love him kind of kid. She's more of like a, I'm gonna hide behind a door and scare the crap out of my dad when he walks in the room kind of kid. <laughs> now, I don't know if me telling you that uh, betrays which uh, the kind of daughter that I'm probably more wired to connect with, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but she's right. in the show and like, I, I have to find ways to delight in her uniqueness and meet and accommodate my desires and needs to meet her where she's at and not just begrudgingly, but learn to delight in it. Yeah. So I'm running lines with her the last couple months and, um, and, you know, one of the ways I've tried to, you know, do this, and I, I did acting as a younger man, but I, I would read every character with a different voice, including uh, Mary Poppins, who uh, became Gary Poppins. Uh, and Gary Poppins is a very different kind of nanny than Mary Poppins. Um, but having fun with that script, not something I want to do necessarily uh, or, or, or would delight in. Um, ordinarily, but because it's important to her and because she, that's the access she's giving me. Yeah. So the pro tip number four is delight in the uniqueness of your kids and then declare or name good news about it. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, six kids, they're all so different and you got to like be a good student, I think, of your mm. kids to that's be able to do it. this. Yes. Yeah. Say more about being a student of your kids. Like, what do you mean, Christy? Like, how does that? Yeah. I just think it's important to understand number one, they're not all the same. Right. And so one of my kids might really be into soccer and the other one might be really into playing the violin. And so what does it look like to see what gets them excited, what motivates them, what disturbs yeah. them? Like yeah. all of that is going to be different. And so you have to study 
your kids because they're not like you mm. and um, and they're going to have differences. And so the more you are aware of those, I think the better we can parent and be intentional about celebrating those diversities. Mm. You know, I, I've just noticed, um, Christy, that your husband, Paul, does this really well. He does. He's so yeah. he's so intentionally <laughs> thoughtful about what does this child need and how do I give them that? Yep. And and you know, just between you and me, Christy, we both know that ninety nine percent of the time, Paul's not like, I can't wait to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he's right. but he's so um, strategic mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My. Uh, this is something I wish I could have done a little bit better, um, specifically for my son when he was younger. He was really into video games. And um, I think I just had some latent fear about how video games were going to turn his brain into mush or something like that. Um, you know, that, and some of that was appropriate to put boundaries on the video games and that kind of thing, which is, but all I could see was the boundary, the need for the boundary, rather than like learning to get into his world a little bit and say, what? what do you like about this? What's going on here? What's fun about this for you? And maybe I could, you know, can I play with you? And can you teach me how to do this? And that kind of thing. I wish I would have done a little bit more of that um, because there was, there was some really good reasons he was into it. It, You know, it tells a story. He's, you know, um, there's a lot of things that, um, things that he still enjoys doing, you know, as an adult um, that I think are, they would have been worth delighting in uh, when he was younger as well. So yeah, this is good. We'll be right back. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Let's get back to the show. All right. Well, number five is define your values. Um, some people might say create a mission statement. People will be like, oh my gosh, listening to this, no way, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so if that's you, don't, don't use that verbiage, but basically like, what is your family about and what are the qualities? What are the values that you hold highly that you want to instill in your kids? And we can be strategic and intentional about these things. It took Paul and I six months to come up with like five words that we really wanted to say, Hey, if you're a Penley kid, this is what we're going to be intentional about kind of pouring into you. And so we said that we wanted to our our little mission statement. We actually have a big old sign, like a cool door that was painted by an artist that has this on it. But it it basically says we choose to love God, others, and ourselves by demonstrating love, <laughs> wisdom, justice, character, and grit. Mm. And mm. those five words are the things that we are trying to be intentional about. So what does that yeah. look like? I mean, it, it it comes out in decisions that we make, but it also started when they were little, we had these one sentence phrases that we would say um, Mm. where we would kind of start a statement and then they would eventually like be able to finish it that went along with these values that we had. And so, Mm. um, you know, we have the value of loving. And so one of our statements is guests get best. So when we have company over and we're all like getting food, my kids are have learned like, oh, we're going to let the guests go first. Yeah. Um, and that started when they were two, you know, when I could like 
whisper in their ear like guess get best you know mm-hmm. and then they would realize oh you can go first and now you know when they maybe when they turn five you say guest get and then they would finish best and so then it became this rhythm but it's actually instilling in them a value that we think is important yeah. um and so you know i think it's good for anybody to think what are the the phrases we repeat in our parenting yeah. over and over right and if the phrases that you repeat are not mirroring values that we have, then maybe we need to change our phrases. Yeah. Let me uh, share a couple of phrases I repeat a lot as a parent. And you tell me if it's good or not, Christy. Son of a... <laughs> hey! <laughs> Knock it off! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Ben, yeah. Uh, Ben's phrase that he repeats is, I happen to know. I happen to know. I happen to know. That your behavior is inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, that one works a lot. My kids love that one. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we had we had this um, uh, in our home, Christy, and I, I had the same reaction. I was like, oh, it's going to be so much work uh, to develop this. But it's it was like one little conversation. And these things can be kind of like living documents, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we posted it up on the fridge and we just said, what's the Sternke family all about? And, you know, we just settled on just joining Jesus in his work. Like that's mm-hmm. just what we're all about. We're fig- figuring out what Jesus is doing and we're trying to join join Jesus in his work. Um, and we came up with some of these phrases um, as well. Um, Together is better. Um, we do grace and truth. We don't blame or shame. Um, this one, uh, a lot of people commented on this one. And this one is in, an interesting one that um, I think we... Uh, I can't remember how we came up with this, but it's just this. It's okay to ask for what you want. Because I think one That's of the things good. we noticed our kids doing yeah. is sort of like trying to get what they wanted, mm-hmm. like trying to get us to give them what they wanted before they would ask for it or own that they wanted it. And we just recognized like, no, it's actually really important for you to just own that you want this. And it's okay that you want it, even if you can't have it. Like it's okay to want it and it's okay to ask for it. Yeah. It's always okay to ask for what you want. Um, even if the answer is no, it's never going to be no. And how dare you, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right. more like, well, no, we can't have that right now. But, but that like, there's a form of intimacy there and vulnerability that we're inviting them into. Mm. So there was that one. And then, um, two more carry your load, share your burden. It's mm. from Galatians. Mm. And then, um, wisdom is better than rules. And so we always tried to cultivate, like, if you're trying to like do the razor line of like, what's the rule here? And, you know, can I get around it? We would always try to have a different kind of conversation to say, well, you know, why are you trying to get around the rule? Like what, why don't we cultivate some wisdom here? Like, what is it that you're wanting? What is it you're trying to get here? And what's the best way to do that? So those are some of our phrases. I like those. I'm going to have to add some of those to mine. Nice job. Um, Number six is parent for heart transformation, not behavior modification. Hmm. Um, and what I mean by that, I, I just think for me, uh, I just want my kid to do the right thing and to do mm-hmm. it when I tell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And sometimes I just miss, I miss their heart in that. And it hmm. takes more time, more intentionality, but it's better to parent for heart mm-hmm. transformation than it is just to get them to do the thing. And so, Absolutely. um, we'll probably put this in the show notes, but I have like a little sheet that kind of helps work through this because sometimes it can be hard to figure out what is the heart issue going on in this, my kid, you know, disobeying or, you know, the misbehavior that's happening. And you have to identify what the problem is. Like, what is the issue? And then 
I would say that even asking the spirit, open my eyes to, so that I can help my kid, mm-hmm. give me insight to what's going on in my kid. Um, and mm. then to kind of ask the question, like, what is the heart attitude behind this action for, yeah. for what's going on, you know, the, which then will help us understand, okay, what could be the consequence? What would be hmm. an appropriate consequence for this kid? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then building them up, like you're going to give a consequence, but then you're actually helping form relationship, like building up the relationship that you have with that kid in the midst of discipline mm-hmm. um, and telling them that they, that you love them and hugging them and being with them and being near them. Yes. Um, but then sticking to your decision <laughs> yeah. to whatever that is, because if you're really wanting to see life transformation, it, it, it's a slow growth and, and we got to be consistent mm. um, in helping our kids. You guys yeah, see this? For sure. I, I think th- this kind of maybe, I mean, this one is almost like an encapsulation, a big picture of everything that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the whole, I think we, it's really easy when parents are tired and parents are tired, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's really easy when you're tired or you're exhausted. There's other stuff that's going on in your life. You know, none of us are, <laughs> none of us are professional parents who do this like yeah. and get paid for it. And then we take a break and go home. Like, no, we're just always on. we got to do this. And so um, it is easy to get myopic. It's easy to get um, just focused on the behavior. Just like, just get your shoes on and get in the car, you know? Um, <laughs> I can't remember how many times. That, that's one of our, that was one of our family values, but we nixed it um, eventually. Get your shoes get on and get in the car. <laughs> um, didn't make it on the fridge. It didn't make it on the fridge, unfortunately. You know I was like, I, I was a big advocate for it. I was like, if we put this in the values... Maybe they'll get their shoes on and get in the car. In Ben's oh. defense, I lost track of the number of times his girls showed up to something without shoes on. <laughs> I'm, so I'm clearly not, I learned to relax about the, uh, they loved being barefoot. My girls especially just loved being barefoot. And I was like, ah, it's fine. So anyway. That is funny. Um, I wonder if we have time. Um, what What does... I wonder if you have like an anecdote of parenting the heart. I think, I think I, I think I've got one. Tell me, Christy, if this is what you're talking about. Um, so last night, my son invited a friend over, uh, like for dinner around dinner time without talking to his mom. And, um, when, when my wife found out about it, she was like, no, and all hell broke loose. Um, and really my son kind of spiraled out. And it was like, I kind of walked, I was mowing the grass and I walked in on this, you know, argument and stuff. And then we went to a National Honor Society induction, you know, (laughs) he gets inducted into the National Honor Society. Um, And we come home and some things have shifted. And I decided, I decided as I'm putting my son to bed, um, he had a friend this year who sent some like texts to him that were like, I'm going to harm myself. Mm-hmm. And um, my son was one of this guy's closest friends, and the school counselor pulled my son in to help his friend. Um, and, man, I, I mean, that's pretty heavy. And then I saw him with his arm around this guy last night at this little reception they had for the National Honor Society. And so as I'm putting him to bed, I thought, you know, there's a whole lot of like chastisement that needs to happen about this irascible 14 year old mistreating his mom and throwing a fit. 
But I just decided to, again, this is going back to the third or fourth pro tip, just to name how hard it is to be a friend with somebody who has some mental health issues and what a weight that is, but also that I see God's heart in my son by caring for his friends so well through a really difficult time. Mm. And uh, I just started crying. Mm. Um, I started crying and I, I connected that like, Hey, I see God's heart in you. When you care for people, you do this really well. And I mentioned, uh, I mentioned little Remy, uh, Ruark too, Ben, how, um, this little four-year-old, five-year-old will jump on Deacon's lap at church and Deacon will just hold him. And I just, uh, as I started crying and then I connected it a bit to, um, how he was speaking to my wife, his mom, and, and this conflict that was happening. And I just said, I know that's not who you are. And I see like your true self when you're behaving like this with other people, right? Mm. And as your dad, I want to put you in situations and put boundaries around you so that you can more freely be this true self that I see. I see mm-hmm. God in you when you are like this. And I think he really under, he took that, it seemed like he took that as affirmation, but also calling him into something different than what he was doing. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I would say that even him <clears throat> wanting a friend to come over for dinner is who he is. Sure. Right. It, it shows this heart for other people. And you can speak into that and be like, yes, this is a beautiful part of who you are. Just when, when this is happening, we need, you need to ask before the time happens. Right. Mm-hmm. And like helping him say, yeah. this is the beautiful heart thing. And we, we want you to be able to exercise this and be who you are. It yeah. just, could we do it this way next time? You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's good. Yeah. I know we've got a, I move along here, but I, I also wanted to point out that I think, I think you're right to do that, Matt, and, and, you know, parenting for heart transformation, because I think there is so much, and I don't know much about this. I'm not an expert, but I think there's so much hormonally like going on, especially in teenagers yes. that is like, I think they, for a season, they do sort of lose their true selves, but it's not their fault. Like they, they do sort of lose, I mean, they're becoming an adult and, and that kind of thing. But I've, I've seen this happen with each of my kids. Um, as, and again, I've got older kids, but I've seen this happen where like there's something just like it weirds them out, like teenagerhood, like all the hormones, it just like, it just is so hard. Yeah. But then like something comes back later. Um, and so I think just having someone, having a parent, like in the midst of that hard season, just recognize that it's hard, not just for you as a parent, but it's hard for them. It's really hard for them. And to have a parent call them back to their identity in the midst of this, like, what is happening to me and what is going on? And why are these emotions raging in me? It's so, so highly. Um, it can be a real anchor point, I think, for kids to navigate teenagerdom because uh, it's super hard. It's super hard. This goes right into our next one, which is spend more time with your kid, which is what you did, Matt. You know, um, there was a recent study. My husband does research for his his job, and he was researching a ministry, and they were asking um, kids, boys, what's the number one thing like uh, that you need from your dad that you are not getting? Oh my gosh! And the number one answer was more one on one time across the board. Didn't matter how old that kid was. That was what they said. And I just think, you know, time is short. And so 
they're going to be gone. They're going to move out. They're going to graduate. They're going to have, you know. And so I would encourage parents, like, leave work on time or even leave early. Go to the game or the concert. Wake up early. Stay up late. Like, have those extra few minutes. um, And use the rhythms that we already have in our lives as as natural times that you could spend time with your kids too. Like you yeah. did this right before bed, right? Which is a normal, I think, time that a lot of parents will kind of tuck their kids in and say goodnight. Yeah. But it could be a conversation that you have and that you're intentional with. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, I feel like I try to really utilize car rides, you know, when I'm going from yes. practice or whatever, to use those times because I don't want them to be wasted. I don't right. want to be on my phone. I don't want them to be on the phone. Um, and mm-hmm. it's easy cause they don't have to look at you. <laughs> they can look out the window. If you're talking about something hard, um, it feels a little bit more comfortable to not just sit across the table right, and have right. a hard conversation too. So, yeah. um, spend yeah. more time with your kids. Yeah. I would just say too, in, um, like for me, I was realizing that one of my like productivity hacks, if I want to make sure something is getting done, I set up a standing meeting. Something mm-hmm. that happens regularly. It's usually weekly. Every week yeah. at this time, I do this thing. And so, you know, obviously that's going to work then to say, well, hey, every week at this time we do this. You know, it's it's yeah. breakfast on Saturday or it's, you know, right before bed we're going to talk or, you know, whatever it might be. I think it's just a really um, a helpful thing. And I was realizing I, I do this in other areas of my life as well. And so why not, why not apply it to our parenting, right? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. And then lastly, uh, create a faith community. And I think we have to be purposeful in this. Uh, We were not created to live this life alone. We need other people. And my guess is we can all think of another adult outside of our parents that poured into us somehow, a teacher, a coach, a youth pastor, somebody, a neighbor. And I think in this day and age, you have to invite other adults to be that mentor to your kid. And I think... We do this every year in September. We ask two people for each of our kids. So we have 12 different people (laughs) that we ask to pray for our kid, to be intentional, to ask them out Mm. for a smoothie, to go for a hike with them. Mm. And most of the people just keep renewing. (laughs) Most of the time they're just like, yep, we're going to do another year. Yep, we're going to do another year. Um, And it has been really beautiful. And so I would say invite other people into uh, your yeah. kid's life because I think it's it's on my pro tips because I think it's yes. that important. Yeah. yeah. I think we've referenced this before, but I had a friend that did a, a dissertation on um, like, and it was like a statistical study of peak of kids of quote kids post-college who retained their Christian faith. And he looked at all the different uh, artifacts in their lives and found like the three top indicators that, that kids would grow up and remain Christians was a believing dad, a believing mom, and adults outside of their parents who were believers that took them seriously. Yeah. So relationships right. with adults, like what you're yeah. talking about, Christy. Yeah. Yep. Which is very, like the one of the things, one of the other surprising things about that study was that involvement in a youth group actually had very little um, <laughs> correlation, nope. right? And so, um, so involvement in a youth group per se, is not necessarily something that is um, going to be helpful for your kids. But um, having that adult who, you know, kind of cultivating that for yourself. So I appreciated the way that you, I appreciate the intentionality, Christy, with which you're doing this to invite those folks in to say, 
hey, would you make this commitment to our kids? Um, this is the kind of thing actually we're, we're seeking at our church right now to set up a kids ministry that's a little bit more holistic, a little bit more integrated. And one of the aspects that we would love to have for each of the kids in our church is that part of what it means to belong to our church as a kid is that you have an adult, like a prayer partner adult in the church who's not your mom or dad, who is committed to you in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited about it. Um, And I appreciate you. uh, Yeah. I appreciate you both taking us through these uh, parenting pro tips. Christy, has to leave, don't I you, do. Christy? I yep. gotta go take my husband <laughs> to the airport. Yeah, gotta but, take um, husband to the airport. Don't good. miss the plane. Maybe, maybe our listeners, if they have a pro tip, can can tell us what theirs yep. is because I'd love to hear other people. That would be fun um, to do a little yeah. follow up podcast yeah. at gravityleadership.com. We'll see you all next time. Peace, friends. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles that we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sturkey and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sturkey edits and mixes the podcast. You can check out his work at aaronsturkey.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the Start Recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.